this is the Fearless Fathers Podcast, a podcast for you, the fathers who suffer in silence every single day. Come with us as we hit those main topics that are just burning through your soul. It's going to get uncomfortable, it's going to be fun, and together we will become fearless. Welcome all of our fearless family listeners today to another episode here of the Fearless Fathers Podcast. You hear the voice, you know it, you're probably sick of it, but as a dad, I'm here for you on our interview Thursday. It's Davo here. And today I have another fearless father who has agreed to sit down on the microphone. Let us pick his brain on what makes him a fearless father. Talk about his stigmas associated with fatherhood and caregiving as a father to two wonderful, amazing children. And he runs his own parenting blog, Dad Loves Coffee. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. I want to welcome Patrick DeFores to the Fearless Fathers podcast. Patrick, say what's up to our fearless family and let us know a little bit more if there's something I might have missed. Uh, Dave, happy to be here, man. It's uh, pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to talk to you tonight and uh, just to kind of get some stuff out there and just, I don't know, talk about some fearless fathers out there. I love it, man. I'm super stoked to have you on this show today. It, I, I feel just from the back and forth from when we were talking, send this up. I feel like this is going to be a really, really good one. So. <laughs> really happy to have you on. Couple of drinks will get you. <laughs> if you're like Ryan, at least he always has like his gins on him, so I get it. I'm I'm the water guy when it comes to work, but hey man, whatever works at the end of the day. Right, we're doing this. End of my day, you definitely need a couple drinks. <laughs> hey man, I'm getting into that I'm getting into that stay-at-home father role myself. So I'm starting to I'm starting to creep into that slowly but surely. <laughs> First, before we get into the nitty gritty of things, we got to ask the number one burning question that everybody wants to hear. I'm pretty sure nobody wants to hear it, but I keep asking it every show until somebody tells me to stop. I'm just going to keep asking it. So, Patrick, what is one thing that one or both of your kids did recently that was funny or comical or stayed in your mind? Oh, my goodness. My uh, my daughter, she is a, a whippersnapper, to put it put it mildly the other day i'm pretty sure i achieved my goal as a stay-at-home dad when she ran into the kitchen and mooed my mooed my wife and then just <laughs> ran back out <laughs> <laughs> she kind of my wife just kind of turned to me and was like did that just happen i'm like i feel pretty good about this <laughs> <laughs> that is daddy's girl right there <laughs> she is four years old going on 18 oh my Oh, I did not expect that, and I loved every second of that. <laughs> it's never a dull moment. It's great. <laughs> oh. And that, that, they always say that with kids, right? Oh, it's never a dull moment. It's never a dull moment. Yeah, until your kid actually moons your significant other, runs away laughing, right? Then it's the best times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's a double-edged sword. She, Thank goodness she has not done it outside yet. But wait, you said not yet. That's the key word right there. Now that it's been done, now that the floodgates have been lifted, it's only a matter of time. Oh, absolutely. Her and my, my son do not enjoy wearing pants or shorts outside. So it's it's constantly just diapers and underwear. So it's just a matter of time. That's wonderful. And that makes me think <laughs> my kid's starting to... Oh, my kid's starting to gain my personality too. And I know I know he's going to do something like that in the future. And... I don't know whether or not I'm going to be mad, laugh, cry, or just a little bit of combination of all, but 
I'm waiting for those days myself. He's only two right now, so I got maybe another year or two before he starts doing stuff like that. I'm pretty sure I did not read anything in the parenting books about when your kid starts <laughs> mooning people. That's in the footnotes, man. You got to check in the way back. <laughs> like we talked about, guys, in the beginning of the show, Patrick is a stay-at-home dad. He runs a he runs a parenting blog. Dad loves coffee, so we're really going to pick his brains today about being really a stay-at-home dad because that is such a stigma that is surrounded by the fathers every it, it seems like every day like it's becoming more prevalent now in today's world but it's still one of those things that's like oh that's nice you're watching your kid that that's really good of you right absolutely it's something i encounter fairly often this summer has been a bit of an exception considering you know we can't go to the park can't go to public places but uh, when I first started doing this, I'd be at the playground with my kids and there would be uh, moms there who would come up and try to offer assistance and come over and try to you know, take care of my kids when I'm literally standing next to them going like, I'm their dad. I can do this. Like, back up, Karen. <laughs> right. You brought up parks. Like, I just brought my son. To, I took my son to the park maybe about a week or two ago. And it was really only me and him controlling the whole park. But then there was an older woman, grandmotherly type, came to the park. And immediately the emotions of, oh, is she going to judge me? Or, oh, that's, or, or is she going to say, like, oh, that's nice that you're watching your son and not knowing the situations or not knowing how I care for my child. I'm one that's really self-realizing in what it means for me to be a stay-at-home dad. But those anxieties and those fears, they still seem to like linger on. And I've only been doing it maybe now for six months. I mean, it's it's a real thing. It's a real thing when whether it's intentional or not, it's it just kind of comes with the territory, unfortunately. It really does. And it's one of those that, you know, you could always try and alleviate or, you know, you're doing the best. But it's still one of those things that, like you said, it lingers in the air. It kind of just sits there. But really, you know, I joke with my wife where I say, I'm going to watch my son, but she's like, oh, dads aren't babysitters. But, you know, that, that's a joke that me and her have on a continual basis. But it's one of those things that I've talked about before. My one of my good friends was a was the stay at home dad for the first year his kid, his twins were born and he did it. And that was really one of the first times that I ever heard of a dad being a stay at home dad. And our kids are only a few months apart. So if you could, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, can you take our family through a little bit on what it was for you or how it is that you became a stay-at-home dad? Oh, absolutely. So I've been a stay-at-home dad for more or less two years with a stint where I was working full-time for about, about three or four months. And the idea was that my wife and I were both going to work full-time. And when we first started, when we started doing that, we were both miserable because it was a rush in the morning to get to daycare, a rush to get to work, a rush when you get home to make dinner, go to bed, play with your kids, and the weekends was all chores. And so you really didn't kind of really have that genuine family experience, unfortunately. And so I was let go from my job, and my wife and I had a big sit-down discussion going, you know, we were not happy while we were both working. Could we make this work on one salary? So we took a you know a big hard look at the numbers and we thought, you know what? We could actually do this. And so we made the decision that she was still working, she was gonna keep going, and I was gonna stay home with the kids. 
and it was uh, it was a big big choice. It was a very um, stark contrast to what we had been doing the prior months, and uh, but ultimately it's been the right choice for uh, our family. That is incredible, and you said a couple things that I really want to double back on there. You talked about working full time. And this all started two years ago. You and your wife, what were you guys doing? You were rushing constantly, rushing to get ready, rushing to take the kids to daycare, rushing to work, rushing home, getting dinner done. It was a rinse and repeat of this continual rushing, this continual groundhog day, and this continual of, well, Saturdays aren't for relaxing. Saturdays are for cleaning, maximizing time with my kids, really doing the whole parenting thing and and crushing it in two days. And then you took, you took a look at the numbers after all of this, after you were let go and said, we can do this on one salary. It always seems to me that in today's world, we always say, oh, you need two salaries to live. The, the time for one salary has been long gone since the 50s and 60s. But by taking a look and realizing that, hey, this is plausible and we definitely doable, it's something that has what seems like really transformed for the better for everybody in the family. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it was, um, um, we are, we're in a very privileged position where my wife, uh, she's a CPA, she works for a great company who really takes care of her. So we're in a very, I think, unique position. Uh, but at the same time, we made the choice to make certain, certain sacrifices. Uh, like we, we cut out eating out. Like we, we only eat out maybe once every couple of weeks. We, we cook almost every single day. You know, we always buy generic. We don't do any vacations. You know, we cut out a whole lot to make sure that this could work, knowing that you know, it's only going to be a couple, three, four years. That's a very finite period where we really have to make these sacrifices. And after that, we can kind of go back to almost business as usual. Like people would say like that's like it's buckling down and you're not really doing much. But really, that that's the whole I don't want to say the whole point, but that's you have to make sacrifices in order to make things succeed. Right us mm-hmm. as dads especially new dads out there we always feel like we have to be the providers the givers the ones that make everything happen that that build everything up and just make it this extravagant thing and you know we provide mm-hmm. when we get into that mindset that we can't provide oh we're now we're in the caregiving role and you know my dad was never the caregiver he was always out working 40 60 80 hours a week whatever you know whatever it is you're saying out there you know, that, that really plays a toll on your mind trying to make that shift, especially if you've been working since, you know, like somebody like me working since you were like 16, 17 years old. The transition in your mindset from going into work, earning money to put food on the table, clothes on the kids' backs, to suddenly you're cooking, you're doing all the cleaning, you're doing all the grocery shopping, you know, you're taking care of the kids. It's a whole different mindset, which it takes a it takes a pretty strong man to really get into i believe it's not made for everyone this is it's not easy doing this type of stuff and i think a lot of fathers are strong enough to do it but it really does take a big mind shift in the mental capacity to say okay if i'm going to do this here's how i need to shift my position as a person and how i see myself and how i want the kids to see me and I think that's a big thing. And you brought you brought it up, right? It's a mind shift. It's a new job. Like you're going out there. Yeah, the pay sucks, but the benefits are worth <laughs> the job. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. an amazing it, it's an amazing job. 
But you're right. It's such a mindset shift to say you're really training yourself to work a new position that you've never worked before. You're eating out maybe once every few weeks. Me and my wife, we used to eat out, man, four or five times a week. I mean, there was times where we barely made dinner and that was normal for us. And now, yeah, we're making more dinners at home. We're making more bulk dinners at home to have lunches for a couple of days. And I'm on that generic train, you know, give me generic all day. I'll, I'll do it all day. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's tough choices. They're very tough choices, but if you want to be able to do certain things, it's what you do. Unfortunately, it comes to the territory of being an adult or a parent. It really does. And like you said, you want to set that example for your child, right? You want to be the one to say, well, the, now I'm in this position. Now I'm in this role. Now I need to show my child or my children what I have or what I can do for them. Now I'm the one doing the cleaning, the cooking, the shopping, the laundry, all that stuff. It really resonates a lot with your children by the actions you take and not just the words that you say and really how you overcome like major obstacles or mental blocks that you might have had or currently having as a stay-at-home dad. What would you say were probably some of the mental blocks that you had when you started this whole process? Very good question. I mean, the first one that we already talked about was the mental disposition of kind of how I saw myself, you know, going from earner to caregiver as a a big mental mental challenge, I believe. You know, another one would be how I thought other people might perceive me and the stigma against dads and stay-at-home dads. Just because I had, I had experienced it before, if I just took my kids out while I was still working without my wife, I would get that that sort of stigma you know, given towards me from other people. And once I became a stay-at-home dad full-time, it was sort of like, okay, am I going to let this bother me? Or do I just you know, plow through, don't care, and do what's right for my kids. So that was kind of a big, big uh, shift in how I saw myself. I'd also say the uh, learning to be more patient, which is a very big thing of being a stay-at-home dad. I mean, when you go into an office, when you're working all the time, if you have a project, you go, okay, you know, here's how the project starts, here's an appropriate time frame, here's how we need to get it done, and here's something acceptable outcome for it. When you're at home with two kids, there's none of that. <laughs> it's like it's like trying to take care of two drunk people all day <laughs> long who can't feed themselves, can't dress themselves, or wipe their own tushies, right? And so it's you have to be that patient and just not have to control things, but just relax and work, let them happen, let the you know, go with the flow, and not need to be always in charge and in control, but just kind of see what happens and let the kids kind of find their way at times and give them that freedom to explore if you're out for a walk. You might not have to be home in 10 minutes. Maybe 30 minutes is going to be fine. It takes a whole different type of patience when you are home with the kids versus when you're being patient with your best friend. You really go from trudging through a brick wall to really just becoming a safety net for other people. Like you said it right. If you're working and you have a project due or you go in, you know what your job is, you know what results you can expect, you know the timelines, you know all of that. It, it's organized, it's fluid, you know, dep obviously depending on the job you're doing, but when you're a stay-at-home dad, there's none of that. You are complete, as I like to put it, organized chaos. You know what you could expect, but you're always ready to expect the unexpected, or you should at least expect the unexpected. 
And with that, it comes from putting your emotions in check. And when that kid is crying or screaming because they found a pebble in their shoe and it's just sitting in there and they don't want to take it out, you don't want to match that emotion. You want to be able to say, all right, let's look at this at a different way. Here, let's take this out. They might still be crying. You throw it away. You put the shoe on. You make them laugh, and you go on with your day. For me, that was really rough trying to get away from my emotions because I was an extremely emotional person. I still am. But knowing that I could check my emotions and knowing when my son is crying because I gave him French toast sticks instead of a cup of yogurt for breakfast in the morning, (laughs) I know that I could check that, reevaluate, and improvise and let him learn on his way, but be a safety net, but not an overprotective net. You could fight with your kids all day about you know little things here and there, but at the end of the day, is it really important into what you're trying to achieve? It may be an inconvenience to get that yogurt instead of the French toast sticks, but kids are kids. They change your right. mind. Is it really important to fight all day because you just want them to put their GD shoe on and instead of having to go wash your hands, go wipe their face, go look in the mirror for 10 minutes, just go put your goddamn shoe on. And we'll go out the door. Those types of things. I always look at it this way, especially with being a stay-at-home dad now for myself and just getting into that flow of things. I have to put myself in my son's shoes. I have to get down at a toddler's two-year-old level and remember what it's like for him going through these experiences. I, I say it all the time. You're putting in your reps. You're learning with your children. I say the new father age is that zero to four range, right? Because that first year is easy in comparison to the next three years that follow. Mm -hmm. And when you take emotion out of it and you really sit down on their level, a lot of those mental blocks just seem to go away. The stigmas go away. The emotion goes out of the way. You can laugh. Like I just had it today where I gave him chicken for lunch. He completely threw it away. And instead of getting mad and trying to shove it down, you know, shove it in his mouth. I said, what, do you want a peanut butter sandwich? And he goes, mm-hmm. That was it. <laughs> that was it. He ate it, and we took a nap, and everything was beautiful. Instead of trying to fight with them for a half hour, he had chicken for dinner, and he loved it. And it was just one of those things that it made it better because he was happy. I was content. Everything was just flowing, and I wasn't trying to fight with a child who really doesn't know any better. And you're In the back of your mind, you're just thinking, my goodness, when does the logic set in? <laughs> <laughs> well, but you're right, though. You're you're absolutely right. And it's a constant struggle of obstacles between those that are becoming stay-at-home dads or those that are currently stay-at-home dads, right? I said the benefits are great. The job may suck at times, and it may be rough, and you may have to go through. But it's really how you're overcoming those obstacles or the obstacles that you're facing that really make it better. For anybody that might be listening to this, what were some of the obstacles that you're currently or were facing when you started becoming a stay-at-home dad? Well, one of the biggest obstacles, like we talked before, was just my mindset. I mean, uh, my wife would go to work and you know, she would come home at night saying like, oh, I had lunch with my friend. I got to go to the gym today. I did this. I did that. And it was almost that mindset, almost a bit of jealousy saying like, man, I wish I could be doing this or I wish I had that opportunity. And it's really kind of overcoming that 
in the back of your mind saying like, you know, she probably wishes she was home with the kids more. She probably wishes she could see my son climb on his first, you know, climbing thing at the, at the playground. Different things like that were like, it's a trade-off. And so it's overcoming that, that thought of, I could be, I wish I'd been doing this, but you know what? I should be happy right here because this is pretty awesome. Not many people get to stay at home with their kids for as long as I am. That's, that's a, a really uh, big one in my mind. Secondly, the idea of wanting a little bit more freedom, maybe. Because when you're home with kids, you really work revolve around that schedule. You might want to have like a side project. You might want to be able to do X and Y. You, know, you, you, you need to make sure they hit that schedule and those milestones. You know, my son, if he doesn't have a nap during the day, it is a terrible afternoon. He is <laughs> he needs his nap. So, you know, I want to be able to take him out for a full day out apple picking or doing this and that. Nope, we have to get that nap because everyone else suffers because of it. Right. Another one would probably be the obstacle of overcoming the multitasking. You know, when you're at, at a job, you are looking at, you You know your job responsibilities. You have your you know seven bullet points. These are your deliverables. Here's what you do. When you're at home with the kids, those things fluctuate. They constantly change. You're adding to the list, removing from the list. What's more important, what's less important. And you just kind of really have to go with the flow a whole lot more. And you need to have that, you know, that gumption and flexibility to really be able to do that. You hit on some amazing points. I want you to jot these down because these are three big bullet points that I think we've talked about once or twice on this show before, but in different ways, right? What's the first thing that Patrick talked about? Mindset. Mindset is everything when it comes to being a father. How your day is going to go is based upon your mindset. Patrick said it right. His wife will come home from work. Oh, I went to the gym. Oh, I got to have lunch with an old friend from school. Whatever the case is, right? And you build that envy. You build that little bit of jealousy because you're like, well, I got to change four poopy diapers and Doc McStuffins has been on since eight o'clock this morning. (laughs) This is all my life is right now and these four walls. But it's that trade-off. Yeah, I would love to go out and do adult things all the time. But seeing my son learn, watching him laugh, watching him try and sing along to Sesame Street, it's those small things. It's that trade-off. Because I know it too. My wife would love to be home all day with our son. And she was for the first year that he was born. And we kind of traded off in our own sense. But it's really taking away and just knowing that what you're doing right now is where you need to be. The steps that you're taking, yeah, you may not be going to the bar and dropping $100 on shots and Jaeger bombs and all that stuff and getting hammered with your friends, waking up and wondering where your clothes went the next morning. But... <laughs> You're waking up, maybe covered in baby puke and smelling of dirty diapers, but it's really what it means to you at the end of the day. That mindset, I could lay down and I know I had a blast with my son. Talking about your freedom, (laughs) talking about the freedom, you're right too. My son, if he doesn't nap, it's a horrible afternoon. It's a horrible early evening. That's the end of it. And you revolve around those schedules. You revolve around those child. And yeah, maybe you want to get out of the house for a few hours and errands now become time out with your child, going to the store, whatever, just, just getting some semblance of a human being lifestyle, but knowing that your freedom is tied to your child, but that's not the worst thing that could happen. That's probably one of the best things that could happen to you because yeah, you may not be going out and doing those adult things and having all that fun, 
but you're around that schedule and you're improvising, adapting and overcoming, you know, you have to be a multitasker. I'll, I'll give my son breakfast in the morning and he's independent enough where he'll try and feed himself while I can knock out a couple dishes or get my coffee going for the morning or doing my breakfast, whatever the case is, improvising to the situation at hand, which luckily with the military, that taught me a lot to be able to shift on a dime and really, really combat those, well, these are my priorities, this is my perfection area, knowing that things are going to change and being able to adapt that and overcome it to really become a more well-rounded person. Now, the one thing I would add to that list I just gave is I think any parent who decides to become a stay-at-home parent, I think at any some point they face the fear is, will I be good enough? And that self-doubt as to will I be able to be patient when they need me to be patient? Will I be understanding and empathetic when they need that? Will I be the type of parent that I want to be? You know, the type of parent that you wanted your parents to be when you were growing up. Will I be good enough is the bottom line. And that is a constant question that I still ask myself. You know, was I a good dad today? Was I, you know, what could I have done better in this situation? It's a constant just, like you said, the adapt, improvise, and overcome that you just constantly have to reevaluate and you know, work on those little bits where you can get better and make sure that even though you might have that doubt in the back of your mind, you know you are giving your absolute best as often as you can. Self-doubt is an absolute killer. We all have an imposter in our minds. We all do. In one way, shape, or form, we could say, yeah, I'm a good father, but I did this. Or I, I, I'm a great father to my child but he cried hysterically because I turned Sesame Street off. So now I'm a failure as a father. We, we constantly, and I do it too. Patrick does it too. It's okay to have that self-doubt. It's okay to really say to yourself, what can I do better? Having that self-realization is key to a lot of this, to your mindset, to multitasking, to overcoming your freedoms, to all that stuff. Your self-realization and your self-understanding of where you are as a man and as a dad and where your child is, is paramount. Like I said in the beginning of this, I'll put myself in my son's shoes. I'll say, okay, as a two-year-old, I know he's crying because he found a pebble in his shoe or he found this stick and it's slightly bent and he doesn't like that. Why is he crying? He doesn't understand that. He doesn't understand emotions. I have to put myself in that situation and I have to, I'm not, I'm not going to remember what it was like when I was two, but I have to remember what it was like when I was a kid. Did I like being yelled at because I found a broken stick? Did I like being yelled at because of this or was there empathy given to me when I needed the empathy? And that's a tool that I use on a continual basis to try and evaluate and make sure that what I'm doing is right, not just for myself, but for my child. But it, it, all, it all starts with that self-realization. It all starts with self-realization. I absolutely agree. I think there's something to be said. You can almost, in, in some ways, not always, tell the difference between people who just don't even try that and people who are actively trying to improve themselves. And I think, it's, I think that the proof is in the pudding in many ways with how the child acts in front of them 
when they're out and about with the grandparents, friends, and so on. Uh, because as parents, it's our responsibility, in my opinion, to try to constantly improve and realize where maybe we fell down and to be a role model to show our kids how we get ourselves back up mm. and constantly just be the person that they need us to be. I love it. It's taking your failures, taking your failures that you had and really dusting yourself off and evaluating where you failed in your mind, what your failures were, but your kids are going to cling on to that. They're going to cling on to what actions did you do in this situation? And they're going to remember that. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before on so many different episodes and interviews, but your kids remember from your actions. They don't remember from your words. Your actions are going to speak louder than your words every day. So it's really doing what it is that's best for not only yourself, but for your child in that situation. Your integrity speaks out. Your morals speak out. Everything just speaks out, and it really resonates with that child, and that's how it's going to shape them in the future. I couldn't agree more with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as we're going on here, guys, we talked about it. We got Patrick DeFores on the Fearless Fathers podcast today. He's dropping about his stigmas about being a stay-at-home dad, the blocks that he's going through, overcoming those mental blocks, overcoming the struggles, knowing what it's like to have your mindset change, your your life change, your freedoms, and your multitasking all coming out and really adapting to those situations. And on top of that, you we touched on this a little bit, but it's really trying to find those those passion projects that you love doing or you know just finding time for yourself, that personal time or that you know that me time or that whatever it is. And we talked in the beginning about your about your blog that you started, uh, you called Dad Loves Coffee. Can you give our listeners a little bit about that, why it started, where it came from, you know, an overview on that? Yeah, I'd be glad to. So, I run a online or a blog uh, website called Dad Loves Coffee. Now, I do love coffee. It is one of my favorite things. It's been my bedrock since my kids were born. But it's named that way because my kids apparently hate sleep. I mean, I, I drink, I average about five cups of coffee a day just to keep me going. It's, uh, it, I, yeah, I hate sleep. My son goes to bed at, my both my kids go to bed at, 8, 8.30, and my son is up by about 5.45 every single morning. And they're up in the middle of the night at least three times. So, Dad loves coffee, mostly by necessity. But uh, I run this website. It's my, my, my outlet, my baby, where I can you know, have the freedom to express myself and talk about what it's like being a parent, what issues are going on in the world, and how that may relate to parenthood in my view. And it's really a way for me to express myself and keep mentally sharp when I'm dealing with children all day. At night, I can sit down, I can do some writing, I can work on this website, and it keeps me mentally sharp. It's a good outlet for just my thoughts and what I see on a daily basis and you know how I think we should approach situations or how I'm, we maybe should think of things differently as a parent. So it's really just something that... Uh, I think is meant to support other parents, uh, other fathers who may be feeling the same way, or give them the freedom to think, man, you know, parenting is really tough in this situation. I shouldn't beat myself up because because of this. Or, okay, you know, give themselves a little bit of leeway to say, I don't have to be perfect every single day. I just need to be a real father 
and I need to be present and think of different ways to be better every single day. And that's what I really try to get across to support other parents in their own journey. I absolutely love that. I, I truly, truly love it. And I mean, as we were talking and getting ready for this, I even looked, you know, I was, I was doing my snooping around and checking it out. You're not alone in this fight. You know, you have somebody in your corner that's going to back you up and say, man, all right, maybe I'm not alone here. Maybe I could do this. Maybe it's not the end of the world for me. And I mean, when I was checking it out, I was reading the one, uh, what was it? Big, big emotions, mm-hmm. big emotions. The one you did just, uh, just a couple of weeks ago for and I love that, right? Big emotions for little people. It's that it's those tantrums for the smallest reasons. I think what in there you put like the sandwich was cut incorrectly, or my brother's looking at my shoulder, like that kind of stuff, right? It's what we were talking about in the beginning. It's going down to their level and understanding they don't have the logic, or hey, when's the logic going to hit, right? <laughs> it's knowing that those are going to happen, knowing that those are going to come through. And knowing that it's going to be draining on you mentally, emotionally, and probably physically at the end of it all as your kid is spin kicking and windmilling you as they're crying because that sandwich was cut incorrectly. But it's knowing that it happens. It's knowing that it's going to happen. And it's knowing that you're going to live off a lot of coffee. I do it too, just from my time (laughs) in the military, but also being a dad. Coffee is one of my second favorite beverages of choice next to I call daddy juice. But anyway... (laughs) It's knowing to take those steps. It's knowing that there's people in your corner. I, I loved that blog that you did, but I love the quote that you put in there from Jim Henson. And I'm just going to read that out to our uh, to our listeners quick so they could try and you know grasp, grasp some of what we're talking about here today. <laughs> the attitude that you have as a parent is what your kids will learn from more than what you tell them. They don't remember what you try to teach them. They remember what you are. Like I talked about in the beginning, or just recently, your kids remember from your actions. Your actions speak loud. If your kids see you being having those big emotions when the smallest thing happens to you, that may not seem like a big deal to you, but that sandwich being cut incorrectly or their sibling looking at their shoulder or you know not touching them, going through that whole deal, may be the biggest thing in their world. And it's really understanding and putting yourself in those shoes. And I mean, that's kind of what I get from your blog it validates that I'm able to put myself in my child's shoes. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it came across. It was, uh, I really enjoyed writing that, that particular article. But there's a few other ones on here that I really would like to point out. One of them is, my very first one was, Don't Forget the Dads. This one is all about being a stay-at-home dad and how I'm proud to be it, what my day is like. And I'm not a babysitter. I take, I'm, I'm the father. I, I raise my children and take care of them. And I'm sure there's other people who do it too. And I'm sure there's other parents who have felt the same way as to, you know, don't look at me. I'm not, I'm not just filling in for mom. And that's no slight against moms because moms stay home. Moms are awesome. They do a great job. But when a dad is doing it, we don't want that pity. We, we, we are here to take and take care of our children and to raise them as best as we absolutely can. And other, other ones on here, I th- I'm sure there's some good uh, lessons to be learned, like family and friends. You know, why do we separate the two so, you know, so starkly when in many cases friends are closer to us than some family members? You know, about sick of being the bad parent when, you know, other parents maybe aren't doing what they should be doing 
And so it's my responsibility to be, you know, to hide our kids from something that we don't agree with. And so there's little things like that, that I'm sure other people are feeling and that I hope they, that it validates maybe what they're feeling as well. Yeah. And I, I love that because it's here at the, here at the Fearless Fathers podcast, like we do that in a spoken form and you're really taking that in a sense and just sharing your emotions out there, sharing the feelings that you have and the experiences that you've dealt with, like what Ryan and I do on this show, you're doing that on the blog and it's amazing stuff. Like the dad community, how it comes together and how it says, yes, dads can be caregivers. We can be the stay at home parent. We can be the nurturers. We can be the growers of the home, the the caretakers, all of that. We're not just sitting there babysitting our kids. We're teaching them. We're learning. We're growing with them. And we're excelling and improving every single day and adjusting as we need to. And it's things like this, things like Dad Loves Coffee, and that really, I think, helps shine a true light on what it really, really means in the fathering world of breaking away from being just that full provider of the home to really being a well-rounded person and more of a person. Absolutely. My wife has been amazing at this journey and really doing everything she can to support me and to learn what she can about uh, other fathers who are doing the same thing. I mean, on my block alone, I have two other stay-at-home dads. And it's been a a real eye-opener for not just myself and my wife, but for our family as to, you know, this is more prevalent than maybe people think. And so it's something that we need to talk about that needs to be, you know, discussed and we need to come together to say, you know, we're here too, essentially. Yeah, because it's really breaking out of that comfort zone, right? I say it all the time. Communication opens up avenues to things that you may not have ever, ever thought of. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, one of my good friends was a stay-at-home dad for the first year. And that's the first time that I ever even considered a stay-at-home dad. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a little weird. But that's the first time that I ever heard about that. And then I started seeing it more and more. It it was almost like that domino effect, right? Like the first time something happens, you start seeing more and more of it show up on a regular basis. And you start Mm -hmm. thinking, wow, maybe this is more prevalent, like you're saying, than what I really thought it was in the beginning. And it's taking those and having the support of a spouse, I mean, is paramount, is massive. Because if you don't have that support structure, then really... It almost feels like it's impossible for you to excel further. I don't know if you feel the same way or, if, you know, there might be something else to that, but that's how I would feel. I would absolutely agree with that statement. I mean, my uh, uh, a few years ago, I, I earned my MBA and the idea was to go to business, uh, eventually become ma- the major breadwinner for the family because uh, my, my field of choice was entrepreneurship. Uh, but it didn't work out that way. And, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. And now I'm in this position. She does everything she can to support myself and this family. And it's, it's a real tandem effort to make sure everything is flowing smoothly. And that's what it is. It's that relationship. It's that, you know, 50, 50, when everything's working, it's that 80, 20, when one of you are down and the 80, 20, when the other's down and really coming back in the middle and just knowing that, hey, I'm there to pick up when you're not feeling it, but I could pick up when you're not feeling it. And just really having that communication and that flow. I mean, it's it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial, especially 
when you're doing something that's not talked about as much as being a stay-at-home dad? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'll give you an example just from today. Uh, like this morning, my kids didn't sleep well last night. I was up early with them. Uh, my wife and I trade off every morning. It works wonderfully. And I had to go to take my kids to a learning pod that me and some of our other neighbors have started. And so we did that all day. Then my son had a major, major breakdown at the pod for about 30 minutes. And then another major one just after we got home, totaling about hour, hour 10 of just full on tantrum, kicking and mm. screaming. And by about three o'clock, I was, I was shattered, completely done. My wife cut out of work early. She said, I'll take the kids for the next hour. You just have some quiet time to yourself to decompress. And she took the kids out, went for a nice long walk, and I get to sit in a quiet house and calm down. Without that type of support, I would have probably just been a grumpy man all afternoon. And that's, that's not what's best for the kids or the family. If that support wasn't there, you know, you would have been the grumpy man. You would have been like, you would have been short with everything. Oh, how, oh, it was fine. You know, and you would have been stressed and the anxiety would have picked up. Mm-hmm. And it just would have been that whole whirlwind of emotion, that, that grumpy old man, so to speak. Absolutely. And that's, that's not fair to anyone. The kids don't benefit. You know, my wife doesn't benefit, neither do I. And so it was, uh, uh, it, wor- it worked out really well. And so I was very grateful for that and just kind of how she supports me in those different capacities. That's amazing to hear that, man. That that really is. And just knowing that support's there and knowing that you're going out and crushing it really, I mean, is, is truly an inspiration. And the blog is amazing. If anybody listening to this today really wanted to check you out and find you, where is it that they could find your stuff? As you mentioned, I'm on my website, dadlovescoffee.com. I'm on Instagram at dad.loves.coffee. Um, Facebook, I don't do a whole lot, but I am there, just Dad Loves Coffee, and on Twitter at Dad Loves Coffee, then the number one. Uh, those are the major places, but uh, mostly it's all integrated, so the website is going to be your best bet to go find all my all my stuff. So there you go, guys. DadLovesCoffee.com. You'll find all that stuff. We'll link the we'll link the website and the Instagram down there for you guys, so you can check that out. Go check out his stuff. Go read his blogs. Go support an amazing dad, a fearless dad, going out there and just crushing it in his own way, building his mind right, doing what makes him happy, and doing what makes himself happy for his children and his family down the road. So, Patrick, as we're wrapping this all up today, I just want to hit up two more questions. Pick your brain, fearless father style, before we wrap this all up for our listeners today. If you were in a room, a new father or an expectant father who was on the fence about becoming a stay-at-home dad, What's one piece of advice that you would give them? The major piece of advice that I would give someone considering this lifestyle is to go talk to two or three other individuals who are stay-at-home dads. Pick their brains as to what your day is like. You know, what did you sacrifice to become a stay-at-home dad? Are you happy? Did you do you feel you made the right choice? You need to look and get a well-rounded picture of what you're actually jumping into. It's sort of like if you're going to college for the first time. You don't just look at one school and just go. You sort of look at kind of what there is out there and get a well-rounded picture before you make your decision. I think that's absolutely paramount. I wish I had done it. It would have kind of set up my expectations a little bit differently before I took the plunge. 
but um, I think that would be invaluable to anyone who is considering this life. Don't psych yourself out and saying that's going to be a horrible decision or it's going to be the best decision or the worst decision or whatever, whatever the case is, right? Take those steps, try it out, do it. If it doesn't work, you can always reevaluate. You can always improvise, adapt, and overcome that situation. That's a great piece of advice from Patrick today. He's absolutely crushed it on the show today. And to close it out, brother, fearless father style, in your own words, what does it mean for Patrick DeForest to be a fearless father? In my opinion, to be a fearless father is to take on all responsibilities of parenthood, and not just what you perceive as traditional roles. You need to be a present dad, and you need to do what is best for your kids, despite what how others may look at you and how others may disagree with you. You are taking care of your family, and you need to not worry about that input, and you need to, need to do what is right by you and your family. There you go, guys. Don't let the Karens of the world dictate what you should be doing as a father. <laughs> go out there and just crush it. Go out there outside of the traditional parenting roles that we've been accustomed to our entire lives growing up. This is a new fight. This is something that's coming out in the forefront. Let's make it louder than ever before. Let's tell everybody how much of being a fearless father it really means to just go out there and be that caregiver. Be that stay-at-home dad. Do whatever it takes that's going to make you and your family excel. Motivate, accelerate, and dominate your life. Whatever that means for you and whatever's going to make it best for you and your family at the end of the day. Patrick, I want to thank you so much today for jumping on the show today, brother. It was truly amazing to pick your brain and really just get down to a great conversation as far as when it comes to being a stay-at-home dad. So I want to thank you, brother, for jumping on the show. Uh, right back at you, Dave. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> absolutely. My pleasure, man. I, I love doing these. I love hearing these stories. And this this was an absolutely amazing time. And to our fearless family, to our listeners out there, I hope you took something out of this today. You should have taken something out of this today, right? Or else you wouldn't be listening to this. You wouldn't be trying <laughs> to rebuild. You wouldn't be trying to motivate and accelerate. I'm not an expert. I'm a guy with a microphone and a dream. But man, if there's one piece of advice that I could take out there, just take it. Take what resonates with you. Throw the rest off to the side. We're cool with it. I promise me and Patrick won't get too mad, but take what's going to work for you. Run with that and throw it in your toolbox to become better, stronger, and a more fearless father. Check us out online at fearlessfathers.net. You can find all of our social platforms on there. You can find old episodes. Check out our merch store. I haven't thrown a buy a mug plug out in a while, so since we're talking coffee today, buy a mug. (laughs) Check that out. (laughs) Go support other dads out there. Go support Patrick on dadlovescoffee.com. Check him out on Instagram, Twitter, his website, read his blogs. Go support the work that he's putting out there. It's some great stuff. I promise you when I tell you that. Your children are learning and growing every single day. Just because you're a dad and an adult does not mean you can't do the same. We all love our coffee. We're all taking this journey one step at a time, one day at a time. And together, we're going to embrace the fear. Thanks for listening, guys. 